Thanks for your company this morning. With inflation slowing but still very high, consumers are continuing to struggle with household budgets, which, of course, remain under a lot of pressure. There's not much immediate relief in sight, according to the private health insurer NIB, which sees yearly premium rises now as part of the economic landscape. The ABC senior business correspondent Peter Ryan's been speaking with the NIB boss, Mark Fitzgibbon. Peter joins us now. Uh, Peter, good morning. The NIB posted a strong profit. It's worth noting as well. Uh, What are the chances of that translating into premium relief for consumers, perhaps? Well, uh, good morning, Tom. Nunn and Buckley's. uh, That's to uh, paraphrase, I should add, the NIB chief executive, Mark Fitzgibbon, who says uh, premium rises are part of life, inescapable. But yes, uh, a half-year profit up 19.4% for NIB to $104 million, that's after tax, and stronger revenue up 12.4% at $1.7 billion. But, of course, insurance and private health insurance is all about managing risk, and also these companies need to make a profit to remain sustainable and to deliver the services that customers require. But the NIB is trying other ways to ease the pressure to work with people to remain healthy so they can minimise insurance claims. We don't really often get much of a chance to get under the hood of private health, but Mark Fitzgibbon told me about um, greater claims for hips and knees, uh, the rise of vaping and how to ensure that doesn't become the new tobacco, Uh, more pressure from weight loss procedure claims. Also, working with the NDIS to ensure that it remains sustainable and that NIB can actually be part of working with people with disabilities to provide the services they require. But when we spoke, Mr Fitzgibbon couldn't get away from the main issue of inflation and that higher premiums customers are having to cop. Like with all insurance, we're just passing on consumer spending in the form of, you know, replacing houses or cars or, in this case, going to hospital or or the dentist. So we price that in. You know, we need to make a profit. You know, what can we do about that? We can work even harder in negotiating contracts with doctors and hospitals. I think the other thing we think a lot about, Peter, is, well, look, if people are going to spend more on their health care, what can we do to keep them healthier? Virtual consultations, being able to check a symptom using AI. Are you able to say to some people, well, this package might suit you better, you might not need these extras to make it more worth their while? Like, for example, there's no point having a policy which includes obstetrics if um, you have decided to stop growing your family. And with the impact of inflation, what procedures are the most costly for you when you have to factor in the premiums? It's a mix. It's mainly cardiovascular, you know, replacement knees and hips and other multi-skeletal uh, injuries or, or repair. Uh, you know, mental health uh, is emerging as a real um, uh, exposure, you know, for us and society. Is there any consideration given to expensive items like hips and knee replacements and whether or not you can keep paying out for those things? Oh, well, look, that's our, our purpose, to help people, you know, get treatment where it's uh, warranted. There are certainly some efficiencies we can pursue. For example, a lot of the rehab now for replacement 
knees and hips happen in people's homes. But the hard reality, Peter, is as a society, we're ageing, uh, we're becoming wealthier, and unfortunately we have you know, the rise and rise of chronic condition. And speaking of the demographics, are you seeing more claims for weight loss assistance? Uh, we are. You know, obesity you know, plays out, unfortunately, in many ways. It plays out, obviously, in diabetes, but also it is a root cause behind a lot of major joint replacement because people are carrying more weight than perhaps they should. Uh, it has enormous consequences for cardiovascular conditions and thereby claims. So we're, right at the moment, we're very focused on, on weight management. Another area that you're concerned about that could pressure premiums is vaping. And you've said that you, you're developing a vaping support program. How is that going to work? You know, vaping is just a, a new challenge, not unlike smoking. So it's going to require a long-term program of education counselling, information uh, for people to understand the consequences uh, of, of vaping. We're seeing fewer people smoking these days, but we're seeing one in three teens having tried vaping. How concerned are you that this could be a pathway for smoking and then perhaps, you know, create greater issues for the overall health system? Yeah, I look, I'm personally uh, very concerned and we are as a, as a company because we know it has downstream consequences. But just as with smoking or alcohol abuse, it's it's a problem much larger than NIB or the private health insurance industry as a whole. It's really an issue we need to tackle as a society, and uh, you know, with government having you know a heavy hand in that. Just on the NDIS, what do you think is the future of the NDIS? It's here to stay, but what changes need to be made to make it sustainable? Oh, look, lots of changes, questions of eligibility so that people can rely on various foundation supports across the community without necessarily accessing NDIS uh, funding. It requires a giant leap in, in technology, technologies which enable us to better control what is clearly some incidents of fraud and over-servicing. So the role of technology and the kind of sophistication that we think we can bring uh, is going to be very important to make the system all the more sustainable. That is Mark Fitzgibbon who is the Chief Executive of the Private Health Insurer NIB, speaking with Peter Ryan. Peter's still with us. Peter, just while I've got you there, we've had an update uh, on the gender pay gap out this morning. Tell us about what we know. What's it uh, telling us perhaps about corporate Australia? Well, Tom, uh, this landmark report out this morning confirms what many women probably already know, that in some cases they're being paid a whole lot less than their male colleagues. Data from the Workplace Gender Equality Agency shows that in some top companies, women's pay packets can be as much as 20% lighter, while in some smaller companies the pay gap can be around 50% less than men. Now, you're going to be speaking with uh, Mary Woolridge, um, the Chief Executive of the Workplace Gender Equality Agency after eight. And uh, this is really putting the pressure on companies uh, to make a difference. And some of these household brands that have been effectively named and shamed as the biggest offenders include Qantas, Virgin Australia, A2 Milk, AGL Energy, Lend Lease, while you have companies like Coles and Woolworths and West Farmers at the other end with pay disparity of well below 10%. But uh, whatever way you cut it, this uh, data of 5,000 private companies does lay the, the groundwork for what could be some pretty interesting pay negotiations and performance appraisals given that for the first time women are getting confirmation about how much less they're getting in their in their pay packets than their male colleagues. Peter, thanks for joining us. It's Peter Ryan there, the ABC Senior Business Correspondent. As Peter said, uh, yeah, Mary Wooldridge from the Workplace Gender Equality Agency 
Agency joining us live from our Canberra studios in just a few minutes' time after the uh, next news bulletin, which is coming your way shortly.